This is Agatha Brewer, and you're listening to the Intentional Solopreneur Podcast, the show about how to launch and grow a successful service-based business. In each episode, I show you how to build a business on purpose, one that lights you up, keeps you inspired, and helps you make a bigger impact on the world. I share both marketing strategy and my best mindset tips to help you get the clarity and confidence you need to succeed as a new business owner. Hi everyone, this is Agatha Brewer and you're listening to The Intentional Solopreneur. Today, I'm so excited to be joined by Sharon Lepofsky. Sharon Lepofsky believes that there is nothing stopping you. As an executive coach and team accelerator, she leverages her champion listening superpower with clients to spark awareness, shift perspectives, and energize the growth process. Her work is informed by her background as a sales and marketing executive, change agent, and business owner. Sharon enjoys guiding thriving or would-be solopreneurs to cozy up to what they really want and build their businesses and lives around that vision. Sharon and the Point Road team are committed to helping you imagine possibilities and develop the roadmap to unleash your vision at work. Welcome, Sharon. Thank you so much for having me, Agatha. Thanks for being here. (laughs) Yes, I'm excited. Yeah, me too. So in this episode, we're going to talk about how to lead with vision in your business and also in your life. Uh, So when you reached out to me uh, a couple months back, I knew that I wanted to have you on the podcast because I actually start my own coaching program with a pretty extensive vision call. Uh, where I help my clients figure out what they want to build in their business over the next couple of months. So I really know how important vision work is. And mm. it's something that I try to um, help my clients with in the, in the beginning stages of launching their business, because I know how important it is. Um, so I would love it if you could start out by telling everyone a little bit about what you do and how you got started in this work. Yeah. So, and already as you're telling me how you start with vision, I'm like, but Agatha, now I have questions for you, but yes, I'll answer your question. Um, you can, you can ask. <laughs> I'll, I'm, I'm catching that question. Straight in. It's no, I'm like, let's go. So a little bit about me and the work that I do the, so one, I am also an intentional solopreneur. I'm a solopreneur who has built team when the work requires it. And I have intentionally stayed small and usually as operating as a company of one. So this is a a subject near and dear to my heart. So I feel like I've been able to experience a lot of growth as a coach and growth in terms of impact and reach, uh, and also in terms of bottom line in the business. Uh, and the way that I have shaped the work is I have a core part of my work that's focused on vision coaching and intentional solopreneurs are a big part of this work. And I think of it as really helping shape what is the story. So not thinking about vision as just a future orientation, which is often what people think of like vision way out there. Where are we headed? What's the destination that we really want to get to? So really helping guide through where are you coming from? What part of that is serving you? What part of that might be tripping you up? Yes. Where do you want to go for the sake of what, what is it that you really want? So the vision question, and then coming back into the present and saying, okay, if I, if I'm aligned with the story of where I'm coming from and I'm inspired by the vision of what I want out in the future, how does that guide me in my actions right now? And that to me is really the magic of leading with vision is it's not something that we're that we're sitting in out as a, an outcome we have to achieve in the future, but it's really like we feel the purpose and movement and how we move in our day to day. And I suspect that your listeners, if they are like the solopreneurs that I know, and like me, that that's what, we're, that's why we got into this in the first place. You know, we're not operating as solopreneurs without really wanting to be in the business that we're doing. And so that's for me why when I'm working with clients on really setting that vision, it's so that we're creating businesses and yes, also lives that really work for us. I'll also just say, you know, as, as you shared in my intro, I am an executive, I identify as an executive coach and team accelerator because I operate 
at various levels of coaching. So I work with individuals and oftentimes that's somebody who is maybe, uh, dreaming of leaving a job that they're sick of, or maybe they're in a, a life pivot coming back from uh, caring for an aging parent or raising children and saying, I'm ready for this next thing. How do I jump in? And they're wanting to rewrite the way that they work on their own terms. And that's where setting that vision and thinking about how can I, how can I create a living from doing something I really want to do? So that's certainly a core, uh, a core kind of client that I work with. Sometimes that person is in a career pivot. So highly successful professional executive has really made great earnings in their career, great impact, gotten lots of promotions. And then they're looking around and thinking, this is it. Mm -hmm. And it's, and you might think this, uh, caretaker at home, whoever they're caring for or whatever life circumstance has them outside of work. And this senior executive who's really working a high power job would be very different, but it's a very similar experience of I'm looking around and thinking, I want more. Mm -hmm. And I, and I think I can have more, but I don't know how, or I think I want more, but I don't, I don't know what exactly it is that I want. So I, so the visioning process is also fun because I get to see where are the wheels turning? Is it that I know what I want, but maybe I need a little bit more clarity to drop me into action? Or is it really, maybe I quietly know what I want, but I haven't really admitted it out loud and I'm mm -hmm. afraid I can't have it or I'm not, I don't deserve to have it. So there's different ways that individuals enter into this. I also operate inside of systems and those systems are usually workplaces. Mm -hmm. So um, sometimes that could be a school district or a government setting, but frequently it's a business setting. Could be a nonprofit, could be a for-profit. Again, I really enjoy being in that diversity of environment. And even though the people and places and the work they're doing look different, the unifying thing that happens in that kind of work is that I am pushing on the very same things I push on with those individuals I was talking about, like your listeners. I am in businesses saying, we have to bring humans to the center. Mm -hmm. And when I'm saying bring humans to the center in order to, yes, for the sake of you achieving your business objectives, and I will bring in the data about how we will have greater impact, revenue, diversity of thought, like engagement, productivity, when you can really let your people see what it is that they want for themselves. And I'm, I'm saying to employers, you're going to hire me to help your employees see what they want for themselves. And that's going to make your business more successful. Mm -hmm. And so that, so I'm, I'm applying these same tools and templates in those spaces and get to do vision coaching in those environments and also coach executive teams really be in the messy middle of helping organizations who understand this is important for us to be putting our people at the center, but also what does that mean and how do we do it? And so I'll come in and help in those environments too. A lot of words to tell you about <laughs> what it is that I do, but I, I wanted your listeners to understand that backdrop and, um, and I hope they see themselves in it. Yeah, I like that it's, it sounds very like a varied and diverse, the, the work that you do, because you can be, but it's cool too, because you can be inside of a business in like both a corporate setting, but also like a solopreneur, or you, you get to see both sides. And I don't know if you're familiar, uh, when you were talking about the vision work that you do, I kept thinking about the life book. Have you heard of that? No, tell me. Uh, well, it's been a while since I've even looked at that, but the first time I ever kind of understood what life coaching was, which is what mm. I'm certified in, mm -hmm. was this process that my friend was doing, who also is a certified life coach. And she, she works with corporations too now. Uh, so she's kind of more on what kind of sim similar to what you do. Um, but yeah, life book, it was about basically like designing your entire life and like looking yeah. at your values and looking at, you know, the different, you know, kind of like a wheel, like your relationships, your work, your play, or all of yeah. the different aspects of your life, but, but it applies to so many different things and you can then see, okay, am I, am I 
going towards that on it like like you were saying like on a daily basis it's not just like something just in the future but am I aligning with the things that I'm saying that I want to be doing so that just came up for me when you were talking about that a hundred percent and another good resource if listeners are thinking oh I want to check that book out is designing your life which Mm. is it's a very it's the duo out of Stanford and it's the most most popular course at Stanford and they look at, they look at this same thing. And what I, what I find really fascinating and it's, and then I have a slightly different approach is those kinds of tools. I'm familiar with designing your life, but it sounds like very similar to what you're describing. Notice how outside of values, many of those things are external, which is important because we can see those things. They're concrete. What I'm always really curious about, curious about is what are the internal things that we're mm. designing? What about our mindsets? What about mm. our beliefs? What about yeah. our stories? What about our emotions? What, yeah. Which are unconscious often and certainly unspoken and at a minimum unseen. Like how do we touch our values? How do we touch our beliefs? How do we touch? But I find that those are the lead indicators of how you get to those things that are in the external world. So that's something I'm I'm personally curious about. Oh yeah. (laughs) That's what I, uh, deal with a lot with clients is, um, and part, you know, part, so my actual training and coaching is life coaching, but yeah, there's a lot of belief work. There's a lot of mindset work. There's a lot of unraveling old stories. And, and the kind of funny thing is like people come to me thinking that they're going to be working with me on marketing, but actually it's the belief stuff that, that starts taking, not necessarily taking over, but we have to do both. You can't just work on your marketing and expect it to work. If you have these old uh, beliefs that are pulling you down the whole time that you're trying to do your marketing. So I know that that's super important. A hundred percent. And just let's, let's just make these distinctions. Like what's the difference between life coaching and executive coaching or business coaching? And I'm curious, Agatha, your perspective, my point of view is it's just the, the, the focus you're bringing to the coaching. So Mm -hmm. the process, the, the kind of experience you're having feels very similar. And I remember asking my mentor coach when I went through training at Georgetown university, some, some many moons ago, well over a decade, (laughs) what I remember, I remember saying, but like, what is the difference? Because that's that technology female founder that I'm coaching. She, we're talking about communication and it is focused on her, how she communicates with clients, but what she's reporting back to me is how it's actually changing her romantic relationship. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. I'm like, so like what, what's difference? And, And the thing that she said to me that really resonated was she's, she's like, when I do life coaching, which she, she would move between these different domains. She said, but I'm life coaching. Like my, one of my life coaching clients, we're focusing on how she never finishes her knitting projects. <laughs> she's like, well, I'm help I'm coaching her. Cause that's a part of her life that she really wants to bring into reality, but it's not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're coaching that she's like, when I'm coaching my doing executive coaching, we're talking about the challenges that they're facing in their roles, in senior roles at work. And so I just say that to level set. And then I, I really do, Agatha, I want to hear your point of view because it's always different. But I think about if you are a solopreneur, just how do you identify? Is that, Are you in a stage of your business where what you're thinking about is how do I, how do I build the life I want and my work is there to support it? And like what I'm, and I'm actually needing some help on the life side and not just the business side because it's I'm really life forward right mm-hmm. now. Or yeah. are you are you a solopreneur and, and also identifying as a CEO and also mm-hmm. the COO and also the CMO and all, and so mm-hmm. holding yourself as I really want support on how I'm operating as an executive in my business. Yes, that is in service to my life, but I'm tilting more towards being work forward. So mm-hmm. anyway, that's, yeah. that's, I hold it. I'm curious about you. Yeah. And so, so my actual, one of, one of my coaching certifications is a whole person coach. So, yeah. so I always have the philosophy of it's not just your business that you're building. It's, it's all the other things. And and if something's not going right in your life, that's going to affect your business. Cause it, how would it not? You're human. So 
of course, I, of course I try to, when I coach people, like I try to st- stick to the agenda of, okay, that we're going to be working on your marketing and your mindset. But most of the time, something else comes in that if I don't address it and I, you know, I, I let the, the client lead obviously. So, you know, I, I won't go there if they don't want to, but if, if I feel that something is coming up that maybe needs to be addressed because it's maybe around their relationship that is having some issues or whatever, their environment, something like that, then yeah, I mean, we have to work on that too, because if that's constantly on their mind, they're not going to be able to move forward with anything they're trying to do in their business. Uh, So yeah, and I think coaching is just a skill. So it really can be applied to any setting and any, uh, you know, if you're, if you know how to coach, you know how to coach. So it doesn't matter who you're coaching or what, what the topic is. Obviously some of us have more experience in certain areas. So it's good for us to, you know, stay in those areas, but that's why coaching is so cool. I think I I totally agree. Really work with anyone. um, If you have the skills to coach, (laughs) but since this is not just about coaching, yes, (laughs) yes. (laughs) but I I like the conversation anyway. Um, So you know, I know how important like the vision work that I do is with my clients, but I was wondering, like, why do you think vision matters to a solopreneur? And I think you've covered this a little bit already, but if you want to expand on that, um, and then what is your company point roads approach to vision? Yeah. So, and then, I, then you have to let me circle back. Cause I do have a question about That's what fine. you're noticing. <laughs> so I want to, um, I want to share first and then hold me accountable that I, that I answer this question, a transition from what we were just talking about of when we sense that our clients want to want that there's something that's showing up, but maybe it's not what they're bringing into the conversation, mm-hmm. a, a technique that I learned. And I think it's very vision adjacent is when we sense that and listeners think about a time It might be with a colleague, it might be with a friend, it might be with a child, family member, whomever, but where you have sensed, we're talking about one thing, but it really seems like something else is at work. And I remember struggling with this when I was, when I was uh, learning to the craft of coaching, I'm like, well, what do I do? Mm -hmm. They keep saying they want to talk about tactics of how to be more effective in their communication. But what really seems like is happening is they're really afraid. Like there's a real strong fear of say, I don't know if it's saying the wrong thing or what, but I feel like there's an emotional component here, but what they're asking to talk about is tactics. What do I do? And the technique that I learned, which anyone listening, you can do this is to simply notice it and set an intention that if they want to go there, I'm willing to go there. So now before I do any coaching session, I set my own intention for where I think we might go based on the path we've been on. In a way, this is my own mini visioning for the client Mm -hmm. or sometimes for one of my three children. (laughs) I'm willing to go there. If you're, I'm holding this intention, we can go there. And if you want to go there, I'm willing to go there. What I have found is almost every time that I have a clear intention and I set myself up, not as I'm driving to it, I'm leading you to it, but just I'm open to you going there. And this is a silent practice that I do before the coaching begins. People go there and we've Mm -hmm. been, we've been on a path and they haven't been going there and they haven't been going there. I set the intention. I'm like, wow, these intentions really can change the world. And I believe the same thing of our vision. So when I'm holding an intention, what I'm not doing is setting a mandate or saying, we can't go on in our coaching unless we talk about this. And sometimes I do make it explicit and I ask, ask for permission. Well, I think as human beings, we're so used to people setting vision for us. I'd mm-hmm. like you to get this grade in school. I'd like you to perform this way on the soccer field. I'd like you to perform this way. And if you do, you'll get this promotion. Like what we're so indoctrinated with how we need to perform based on the cultures, family cultures, school cultures, work cultures, community cultures that we're in. And sometimes that can be incredibly freeing. Like I hope it is when I hold an intention for my client. But sometimes it can be full of expectations and that's dangerous 
because they might say, here's this great opportunity or here's something I think you would be great at. But in my experience, us knowing what we want matters more because I may be great at something. It may be a good opportunity, but it also might not be for me in this season of life. So why do I see that vision matters, especially for an intentional solopreneur? It's yes to make sure that the businesses you are creating are aligned with the lives that you want. It's also to help you get clear on what is the life that you want? And, and to know that, and this will get, get into in a moment, like what is the point road approach, to know that that is never going to be static because you are not static. The environment you're in is not static. Your desires for yourself and your business are not static. So to always be able to be in check with that. The other thing about vision for a solopreneur is we need vision for vision of the systems we set up in our business. What's the vision of that I have for my client or my customer or my product offering that's going to make it really compelling in the marketplace? So I think if we can learn how to do vision on, in a very personal way, like I always think 1.0 vision is vision for me, vision for my whole life. And then I can look at it in lenses. What about my vision of work, my vision of home, my vision of relationship? And then it's really fun when we can start to play in, well, what about my vision for this client? What about my vision for this industry? Like right now I'm playing and writing about what about my vision for the workplace and how we can be working in different ways when we're in bigger systems. So I think it can span up and down. And what I'll say about the, the point road approach is it's rooted in understanding that we can, we are always setting a direction for where we're going. Just sometimes we're not conscious of it. And the more we walk a path, right? The more we're on that road, the more momentum comes behind us. And it's just like a wish path out, out in the world. If, if you keep walking it, other people are going to start falling behind. It just, we start to see these pathways. And what I look to do is just bring awareness to what is the path that you're on. And sometimes that's about stepping into the middle of you are already on a path that you're excited about and we need to tune up to make sure that it's working. And sometimes it's about giving the bold belief that yes, you can have what you really want, but not if you don't know what it is mm -hmm. and not if you don't untether from these other parts of, of expectation that you've been unwilling to put down for whatever reason. And so we get into that work hmm. and there's a, a five part vision cycle that I don't have to walk, walk everyone through. Cause it could feel too process oriented, but it's a tool that I've created and been using in all of those different environments for executives, for team members, for solopreneurs, for human beings, just curious about their life. And in all of those settings, it's where the, the bookends of it are to get really clear on what kind of a vision are we talking about right now? You can have more than one vision. You can simultaneously have a vision for your business and a vision for your life. The two shall meet. <laughs> and you have to be clear when you're visioning, but which one am I talking about right now? So that you don't start muddying what you're seeing by how they're fitting together. Like get really clear on what here, what there, and then align them. Okay. That's a lot of me talking. Feel <laughs> No, it's great. It's great. I like everything you said. Um, I'm trying to remember what I was going to say first, because I had two yeah. things that came up. So the, the first thing that was cool, because I, you know, I, I don't do just visioning. So there's a lot of other things that I do when I work mm -hmm. with people, but visioning is a part of it. But, but a lot of things that you're saying, like do come up because it's what I usually work with people on is just like the initial vision, but then obviously that changes, like even in a few short months that we work together. And then when we work on like marketing, for example, like they may say, oh, I want to do this strategy. And I'm like, okay, have you thought about how that would like actually be in your day-to-day -day life? And then they're like, oh, I don't really want to be doing that. And I'm like, okay, then maybe we should think about a new marketing strategy. Like I'm talking about like marketing channels, for example, social yep. media, people are like, oh, I want to do social media. I'm like, do you understand what that means? Like in your day-to-day -day life uh, as a marketing strategy, because you're going to have to be a lot more social and, you know, 
live and like on all the time versus other marketing strategies that are a little bit more behind the scenes. So just an example. Yep. Um, but the, the awareness thing that you said was really, really good. And I don't know if I have time for a quick story, but I'll do a quick story. Let's hear it. Bring it. <laughs> so the first time I ever really knew what life coaching was or had any kind of like personal experience of it was in 2013. I've always been interested in personal development. So I will say that I've read a lot of books. I studied psychology and communications. Like, so I've been in that world a little bit, but I did a personal development retreat. Um, I was 32. I can do the maths around that age. Um, I had been working in corporate for multiple years and I had just left a relationship that was not a good one for me. And it just, it was fine, but it just fizzled out and that was it. Mm -hmm. And I, at that time I had not really had much of a relationship history in general. And I was with this, this person and you know, I was like, all right, I'm going to figure some stuff out about like my life, my, what I want out of relationships. Cause I, the person who was doing the retreat was actually a relationship expert, a famous person, Matthew Hussey is his name. So I'll, I'll call him out. Um, and he did this whole retreat that you women go, I think there were like 40 of us or something like that. And we map out our life and we map out our vision and we, we went through, okay, in your relationships, what do you want specifically? And what are the things you're going to do to make that happen? And in your work or career, that, that part of your life, what do you want? And, you know, that's when I first was like, oh, maybe life coaching is something I could look into. And this was like years ago. So I never actually touched it until recently, that part of like my fulfillment, you know, uh, and trying to make an impact with people, but we mapped out the whole thing. And what was funny is like a year or so later, and I had always had issues with finding the right person in terms of relationship. I met my husband and he met, and part of that retreat was listing out characteristics of your ideal person and not necessarily like what they look like, but more like, what are their values and what, how do they align with you? And it was just like, after doing that whole process, I knew that he was a match and I knew pretty quickly that this was going to work and it did. So it, it was just, that's what brought, what came up when you were talking about, are you aware of what you're trying to build in your life? And are you moving in that direction? Or are you just kind of living your life, not knowing where you're trying to go? <laughs> that's, that's right. And I remember, uh, I had a, I had a manager, a boss of mine. And when I was working in professional services as in uh, account management at the time, and I came in and I said, I want, we was a performance review, which I always viewed as a, a chance for development opportunity for me to also say, well, here's what I want. You're going <laughs> to tell me how you think I'm doing, but I, that's the, the, the precursors to the vision coach in me. And and I named that one of the things that I was curious about doing in the future was starting my own business. And he kind of laughed and he was an incredible boss, like amazing in so many ways, but he kind of laughed and said, you're never going to do that because hmm. you're, you're like me, you're going to find success. Like there's so many opportunities here for you. And, you know, I had ideas about doing something on my own, but here I am all these decades later, still not at the same company always, but still working in this kind of work because that's that's how I've moved through my career. Well, that one lit a fire under me where I was like, yeah, well, let's imagine. see, let's see how long it takes me to start that business, uh, sir. And I was actually one of those moments where I know of myself that when I'm challenged and it's just my own behavior and personality trait, I will throw down like that's, I'm like <laughs> challenge accepted. I'm here. Yeah. I'm here to prove you wrong. But the thing that he and I later came into conversation on that I think is important to know around vision, especially if anyone listening is thinking, well, it sounds well and good to lay out the perfect business or the, or like the ideal relationship, or what does my home look like or all my whole life. But if you're a person who's like, that feels awfully overwhelming, good news. There are two really effective ways. And most people find they fall into one camp or another. Agatha, listen and tell me which one you fall into. <laughs> okay. And sometimes, and both, and we can all adapt and use either. So it's also okay if you're like, I think I do both of those in different seasons, but most of us do find we tend to go into one camp or another. I am a person who likes to exactly what you were describing 
in this retreat that you went on. I want to think about the kind of thing it is and I want to lay out the details and I want to, so that when I see it, I know it. Mm. Or, or I can map a way where I am taking action and know I'm moving towards what I want, even though I also know what I want will change and how I get there will change. But I feel that the actions I'm taking are moving me with purpose to where I want to go. So that's camp one. It's more planning oriented. It's very intentional. So intentional solopreneurs out there, like really focused in that way. On the other hand, there are people like my former boss and they tend to really focus on doing really good work that they feel really excited about in the present and saying yes to things that show up as a result. And that is how my manager operated. He was like, you know, I'm a person who I'm, I'm sure he has some discernment. It's not that he was just saying yes to anything, though I would be curious to hear from him on that. But I, he, he really was very focused on where he was in the present. And you can see the advantages and shadow sides to both. You know, I think on the one hand, the planner like me, who's really laying out that roadmap of where you want to go. I have to really be, be very intentional about coming back to the present because I can get so focused on where am I coming from? Where am I going? And I might miss like, oh, but wait, here I am. Where are my blind spots right now? And on the flip side, the advantage of being the person who's very present and focused on where they are is amazing because here you are in the present. You're, you are conscious of all that is available to you right now blind spot, you might not be setting a direction based on your own momentum. It's easy to get caught in what other people would like you to do. And you may find yourself a year, a decade, a, 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 a lifetime later saying, wait a minute, but there was this other thing that I always had in me, but I just never went for it. So anyway, there's these different ways you can do it. And neither are better or worse. I truly believe but it's really good to be conscious that they're both ways we can operate and play with. And if you find yourself in one, see if you can't play in the other space for a bit to see what happens. Hmm. Okay, Agatha, I am curious. Do you do both? Do you find yourself at leaning one way more than the other? So I am a planner through and through. So my I had, actual, I had a feeling. <laughs> my background uh, before I went it well, it's technically marketing too. I was in experiential marketing. That was my first job out of school. And, uh, I planned large food festivals in New York city for the food network. Uh, well, they were one of our clients. And so like I was in grids and Excel in my early twenties mm. <laughs> and now I'm 40 and I have not stopped being in Excel grids. So I'm definitely a planner, but, but I think, more recently with my coach training, I, I try to be also in the present, which is hard to be both at the same time. Uh, but, and I like, I meditate, I do other things to like, get me to the present. So I, I, that's something I work on. Uh, but yeah, when I'm coaching, I'm not trying to be the planner. I'm, I'm like right there with my client, which I think you have to be in order to be a good coach. Yes. So, so I, I have both sides to my personality, but I definitely am. A, I'm definitely a planner. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, not going to say that I'm not. And that's the way my brain works. But I think it's also because I've had so much um, time in my life spent in marketing where you are planning constantly, you're yep. constantly planning a campaign, a program or, or something like that. And even in my business, like same thing, like uh, you have to plan. So um, but to your point, like things can change. And if you're not like even a planner could get, uh, there could be a drawback to that too, because then they're not necessarily picking up with what's going on in the moment if they're constantly looking forward all the time. So that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. So you talked a little bit about, this vision work, uh, some of your philosophy, but can you give me kind of like an example of what that would look like in practice if you, if you can? <laughs> yeah. So here's, here's like, uh, this is a multi-layered way that this takes shape, but I just find it to be so dreamy. One, it intersects with my vision for the future of how we work, which is that we really do put human beings at the center 
Marcus Buckingham, who's incredible writer, coach, leader, uh, scientist, data scientist. I listened to him on a webinar and he said something that I was like, yes, this, he said, we don't get work done through our people. We get our people done through the work. So we don't get work done through our people. We get our people done through the work. In other words, we focus on how we develop our people and the work happens in that process. That is not how most workplaces function, right? I'm seeing seeing you nodding, Agatha. (laughs) And yet that's my, that is my vision for the future of how we work. And I, I, I believe it is the future. I believe we will go there and I understand there's disruption and differing points of view that will, I think, shift and, and age out of the workplace. I do believe that this is the future of how we work. So here's where this shows up right now in the present in my work. I, uh, I came in and coached an incredible founder who had just, she was within a year of having left her highly successful consulting job. And she had decided I'm going to go out and do things on my own terms. Like the way that, that this organization is running, the way they treat their clients, the way they're now treating me does not feel aligned with my values. And you know what? I think I can do it better on my own and I'm going to do it. And she had a support network who was bolstering her up and helping her believe that she could do it because that's still a leap. So she went out on her own, made this leap prior to me meeting her. But in that first year, just as she was beginning to look to make her first few hires of other consultants to be in the work, because that was aligned with where she wanted to go, I began coaching her. And in our coaching, the very first thing we did was around visioning. She had already gone through a process within the last year of setting a vision for herself. So the vision we focused on was what was the vision she was seeing for this business. Mm-hmm. And in that process that what she, we did a guided meditation. And one of the things that was emerging was an actual brick and mortar space where the team was coming together and there's light coming through the windows. And I think it's in a house and it might be in this area, but I'm not sure. And there's textured wall hangings and all all this detail. And here's how people feel. Interestingly, none of the vision for the work was around, here's exactly what we're doing or how much revenue we're earning. Or It was really around the people and the culture and the environment and and how everyone there was feeling, how she was feeling and leading in it. We continued on from that work and this, we're now three years in and here's the kinds of things that have evolved. Uh, one that house now exists. So Mm -hmm. that, which I'm never attached that the outcome has to be that like, you don't always get the husband who you wrote down on the, on the paper. You don't always get the workplace house exactly as you wrote it down, but sometimes you do. And even as I say it, I'm getting goosebumps. And when, when she sent me the listing before her her now COO went to view it and she, and, uh, and, and they signed a lease, she sent it to me and I just said, okay, I know. Remember that intention thing. I was like, I know I have to like take my stake out of the game of like, you got to do it because this was the vision, but I'm, ha- I'm having this feeling, but that she was able to realize that mm-hmm. I have, I have continued to walk this path with her. And she now has a team that is, will probably be around 20 people, but mm-hmm. this is now a few years into her business by the end of this year. And as each person comes on, I do vision coaching for that person. So she, and, and she uses this as a, as a tool to inspire other people to leave their more established consulting lives and come into this work with her. But it's not, it's not opportunistic. It's not transactional. It's because back to that vision she has, she really wants her people to see what it is they want and then have an, a sponsored conversation with her around what she sees for them back to intention. So she's not directing it. It's not what they have to do, but where I'm facilitating a safe conversation for how the people on her team can talk about what they want. And some of them set professional visions and some of them look at whole life visions are very different. And she, and they're able to have this honest conversation. I think that's part of what has been missing in the way that we work is it's 
it doesn't feel safe. It doesn't feel mm -hmm. psychologically safe as Amy Edmondson talks about. It doesn't feel safe for us to have those conversations at work. So we hide our personal visions away when we're in these workplaces. We separate and compartmentalize. Yeah. And what I love in my work, so when I look at this specifically is here's some of the outcomes. Her team is able to communicate openly about how they value and trust one another. I have guided over a dozen people through really seeing what it is that they want. And I see, and they're writing to me and it's been in stages over time and telling me about how it's uh, changed the way that they're parenting or it's uh, shown up in how they thought that this vision around their rhythms and routines so that they could get better sleep and eat more healthy and have better rhythms in their day is actually also now influencing how they show up with their clients. So I just see this lovely intersection of how this very human centered approach can also really create a thriving, powerful business. And it's without focusing on the business, it's by mm -hmm. focusing on the people. And meanwhile, the, the founder of this business, she has now come back in and gone through a return to her personal vision, which she shares with her team. Cause there's some very, I will not share her vision here, but she's, she'll share like these very real things that she's working on and she's wildly vulnerable, which again, I think is missing from a lot of our workplaces where she says, gosh, like me too. <laughs> I also struggle with this. Yeah. Would you be, would you be willing to sit down with me? And could we meet periodically, even though I have decades more experience than you and I could have all my hierarchy and power positioning of why, you know, how do I have time to be in these conversations with you? But she trusts so implicitly, and this is where she and I have the alignment that that this is actually the future of how we get, get done people through the work and not work through the people. So mm -hmm. that's a little, a little snippet of what it looks like and what I hope we see lots and lots more of, not just through me and Point Road Studios, but in the world, because the world needs it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's really good because what I hear <laughs> to use coaching terminology. Oh, please, come what's on. Com what's coming up for me now? Tell me. <laughs> um, <clears throat> It's, it's allowing the employee or the person within the business to grow and flourish the way they would want to if there was no hierarchy, if there was no like reporting structure and being really, and then the transparency back from her. I, yeah, that's like just building trust between on both sides of you know, I'm telling you what I want for my life. You, you're telling me what you want, or we're hearing that, you know, in the conversations that you're having and yeah, it's, it's not done enough. <laughs> yeah. And can I give one other example of something mm -hmm. that's very different? Yeah. So I, I spoke with someone recently who's interested in coaching and very different point of view on, on how people will work. And, and he is thinking about like, why won't my employees show up in this office? Look at this gorgeous office space I've created. And why can't I hire people from in this city? Like, where's the talent that I need? And why, like, why can't I get people to move here? And, and all of these very different, and I think very pervasive beliefs that exist in our workplaces. And this is a small operation, highly successful, been around for multiple decades, but still small in terms of numbers of employees by design. Hmm. And in this instance, I'm, I'm not coming in and saying, listen, you got it all wrong. You're missing the point. Your people won't like your people aren't going to come because this isn't, there's so many other options for where they can go if that's what they want to do. And your belief that you have to have FaceTime is being challenged so wildly in the way that we work that no one has to adopt what you has been your most of your professional experience of this is the way it is. So the people you're trying to hire don't believe you when you say you need to do that. So I could come in and lecture and say mm -hmm. these things, but what I come in with instead, holding my same vision that I just shared and what makes me so excited about working with that founder and her team for this person, I'm, I'm doing the, another coaching thing, which is meeting, meeting him where he is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I really believe we have to have change from the inside out. And I'm there to say, okay, well, we're, I, I have a deeply, a, a deep sensing that we're going to get there where some of these things are realized. 
but it will only be sustainable and actually move and change the way that this organization operates if that leader comes to this shift on their own. And I can guide, I mean, I'll, I will be bold and say something when I need to say something and I will ask for permission to do so. And I will also listen with deep empathy for what are the challenges this person is facing because of, because of the beliefs that he holds. So that's another way that we, we can hold a vision, but still not mandate that other people have that vision. And to me, that's also successful, you know, to meet people where they are and look to guide and, and shift those beliefs because it will, it will take time and, and then, and we'll adapt to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So going back to uh, because you're talking a lot in the in the corporate realm, but because this podcast is geared for for solopreneurs, I'm going to go back to that. Um, so if, if somebody were to uh, work with you or or come up with their own vision uh, for their business for their for their life, but in this case, their business. Mm -hmm. um, but we can talk life too, because <laughs> I'm open to that. Uh, what kind of changes do you think you, people would see if if they use that approach versus just, you know, going after their goals without making this kind of, doing this kind of work? Such a good question. Um, here are the kinds of things that you could expect to experience. Yes, clarity on where you want to go but an understanding that how you're moving in the present matters more. So that's a mindset shift for a lot of people and not just on an intellectual level. Like I know I need to be in the present and I'm, I've downloaded headspace, but really seeing how oh, what I'm doing right now connects to where I want to go. The under, and they walk away with an understanding that their words and stories matter and that they have authority to change those words and stories. So really, um, this is the, the former English and German double major in me. I'm like, we're gonna, we're gonna look at how you're talking about yourself. We're gonna look at how you're not talking about yourself and be very curious so we can start to shift that the stories you're telling are actually catapulting you to where you wanna go. And that doesn't mean that if you say, um, you've been operating up until now with the belief of, I'm not, I'm not good at technology. That's a belief I've held. If you, if you've operated this belief, I'm not that good at technology. Rarely is it that then you're going to shift to the opposite belief. I'm great at, I'm, I am a digital innovator. I'm great <laughs> at technology. Rarely does someone shift into the opposite story, but that's usually the one that they're thinking about. What we're doing is these shifts that make a really big difference that also might move you onto a path of being a digital innovator, but where you can say, okay, my new story is I'm a learner when it comes to technology. So maybe if I want to be having, having a social presence, because I see my business being in a space where that could actually bring me the leads and opportunities I want to have. But the thing that's holding me back is I'm not, I'm not that good at technology. So this whole social space kind of intimidates me and I don't know how to do it. We're not saying, well, now flip the switch. You're an amazing social media guru. But instead, I'm a learner when it comes to it. So when I'm a learner, when it comes to it, what are the actions I'm taking now that move me to a place where I can have that engagement and bringing in those leads from people I don't even know through little shifts like that. And the bigger picture, and, and these are the, the kinds of things I feel so proud of for having been in business for over a decade Knowing that those words, those frameworks that I'm sharing are things that my clients are using for years and years beyond when I'm coaching them, because all great coaching should have a beginning, a middle and an end. And I agreed. I, yes. <laughs> my clients are always my clients. I'm always holding space and cheerleading and thinking about that. And I also know that they are creative, resourceful and whole and will find their path. And I am so proud that these tools and frameworks that I've given them, yes, create these changes in the moment for the thing that we're paying attention to, but also continue to give residual impact and how they continue to, to leverage that in their work and in their lives and on all the play spaces where they decide to show up. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I, I very much resonate with that mm. because I won't go into detail confidentiality, but I've had consults with people where I've had to explain what coaching is because they're, they've never worked mm-hmm. with a coach before. And because my, the niche that I serve is, is business, business coaching. And a lot of people come think to me thinking, oh, well, you're just going to tell me what to do, right? <laughs> and that is not coaching. That is more on the consulting side or something like you're, you're a mentor maybe. Uh, but what I really try to do with people that I work with is help them make their own decisions and guide them in that process. And what I told somebody recently is, you know, I don't want you to leave this relationship and not know how to make your own decisions. Like I, that's the point of coaching is to help you learn that skill of discernment and learn how to look at two options and choose which one is most aligned for you or what, what feels the best to you versus Hey, coach, tell me what to do exactly in in what order, which is what most people want, but what they actually need is to learn how to make those decisions on their own or with some, you know, maybe with some help or support, but, but really just learning how to be a CEO because you are the one making the decisions. So definitely resonate with what Mm. you just said. (laughs) So good. Yeah. So I'm looking at the time. (laughs) One or two more questions. Hit me. Okay. (laughs) So, um, what would you recommend for somebody who, who doesn't know where to start with, with this visioning process and Hmm. maybe is curious about it? Yeah. I think my first, my first place I would guide you to is find quiet, whatever that looks like for you. It doesn't matter to me. You can be sitting outside on a busy street. You could be sitting on a rock in the forest You could be right where you are right now, as long as you're not driving. (laughs) And what I would want you to do is to just take three deep breaths. And when you take those breaths, I want you to breathe in awareness and possibility and breathe out any constraints that you're feeling. And you do it again, breathing in possibility and awareness breathing out any constraint. Even as I say it now, I'm like, oh, my heart starts to feel a little more open and do it three times. And then just notice without judgment, what you feel, sense, see on the inside. So when I say see, I mean, in the fullness of all you, all of your senses. And that's it. Like just because that, that act of taking a brief pause, three breaths, you could have already done it three or four times over since I've been bringing this up, you take three or four deep intentional breaths and then you notice without judgment what's showing up. That is the foundational building block of listening to yourself. And that is the key thing to being able to start to tap into what it is that you really want. And then if anyone's like, but that's all I'm getting to is what am I noticing without judgment? Where's the vision in that? I can share with you, Agatha, if you want for your show notes, one of my very, I have my own podcast. It's called Design Yourself. And one of my very first episodes, I do a guided vision meditation, very similar to what I do with my clients, except the one I do with my clients is much shorter, actually, because you can see a lot in a little time. But this one is long form and I think it's really fun. And so it's like you could sit with that and be guided through that as a way to see what it is that you really want. So those are some of the the first resources I would guide to, like learn to listen to yourself, noticing without judgment, and then begin to play, whether it's through my vision meditation, through working with Agatha, begin to play with what is it that you really want and start to see what emerges. I Mm -hmm. promise you you'll see something and you might be surprised by it. Mm, that's awesome. I think I'm going to go do that vision as well. Yes. Awesome. Please <laughs> Why do. Not? That sounds fun. Um, so last question before you talk a little bit about where people can find you. Yep. <laughs> um, so what do you think is the biggest challenge uh, when it comes to clarifying, clarifying vision and what advice do you have? Hmm. What is the biggest challenge? Oh. I think the biggest challenge is exactly what I was just speaking to. It's clearing the clutter. Mm. There's, it might, it's, it shows up in different ways for different people. It's the clutter of other people's expectations. It's the clutter of your own limiting beliefs. It's the 
clutter of real things that are in front of you that need your attention, like emails marked urgent or the undone tasks or the, the, the children whose lunch they forgot at home, whatever those things are, but all of that distraction sometimes, which are things that really need attention, but they're a distraction from creating the space to just listen to yourself. And I think we've become so a nerd in our culture to allowing ourselves to be distracted, even to numbing ourselves into distraction. So we don't have to think about all the things that are missing. And just that first radical step of saying, oh no, I, I see that I'm overwhelmed. I see that there are things here that I don't want and I'm going to start knocking it off my plate. That's, that's the first, the first step. And also often the hardest thing that holds us back. It's just being able to boldly declare, I'm not doing it this way anymore. And that means I'm going to start letting some things go. Mm, yeah. I like that. You need the space in order, like with, with people that I've worked with, um, and myself when yeah. I, when I get coached or when, just in life, like if I'm trying to do something and there's so many things coming at me, there's no space for me to have any clarity or to have any kind of power to make a decision because I, all I see is clouds or all I see is, you know, something that somebody that needs somebody, something from me or, you know, to-do list, my, my yes. long to-do list, you know, and how are you supposed to make any kind of real intentional decisions from that place? <laughs> That's right. And here, and here's the shift. I want everyone who's listening, which is probably everybody who's listening, who can identify with the, what you're saying. And even notice like the word, the pace of what you're saying picks up. Like I can feel the energy of like, I can't possibly do this as you're talking. Yeah. Every one of us, when that happens, you're like, I, I need the space to do yeah. it. Yeah to shift that and say, I have the space. In fact, I am the space to do it mm. right now. Mm. I just have to shut my eyes or soften my gaze mm. and let it all go. Because mm. it is one of the, one of the things I'm so frequently pushing on is when people are like, well, if I could just have like a day to do it, or if I could have a few days to, could I have a week to do it? I need to go on a retreat to do it. And listen, I go on multiple retreats every, every year. I am looking right now at booking myself one night in a hotel every month to work on a writing project I'm doing. I'm, I'm not saying don't do those things, but you don't have to have those things. Mm -hmm. You have to understand that the space is within you and that if you just time box, I'm always like, take the, take the next 10 minutes, take the next three breaths and that's it. I don't, don't give me an hour. Don't give me <laughs> half, an, just give me 10 minutes and see mm -hmm. what happens. Mm -hmm. So I just like, if you are identifying, which I have to believe every single one of you <laughs> is identifying with this feeling that we all have from time to time of overwhelm. Mm. And if you haven't, please be in touch with me. I'd really like to know your secret, <laughs> but to, to know that you can create the space for yourself. In fact, you are the space within yourself and that's the radical shift. Mm. That's a really good point. I like that. So I think that is the episode. And I just wanted to ask you one more final question. Yes. Uh, where can people find out more about you and the work you do? Yes. So um, join me at design yourself comes out every Wednesday where I talk about all these kinds of topics and break them down from anything from adaptive leadership to how to take one small step today to deep listening, you know, all, all the kinds of topics that show up in my work. And I, I have fun breaking those down. And then you can go to pointroadstudios.com where you can find out about vision coaching, vision reading, link to all the social places. So those are, I think the two best places, all you podcast listeners design yourself because here you are, and that's easy wherever you're listening. And then if you want to, if you want to go deeper, pointroadstudios.com. And if you are hearing this and thinking, but I really like to connect with Sharon, you, you send that contact, um, go to the contact us page on pointroadstudios.com. Like all of you other intentional solopreneurs, guess who reads that? I do. <laughs> guess who, guess who will personally respond to it and delight in it? I will. So if you want to be in touch personally, you will hear back from me and I will be so happy to hear from you. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And I'll, I'll put all that stuff in the show notes as well. So people can check it out. And I just wanted to thank you so much for your time today. This was a super fun conversation. And um, I look forward to doing my my vision meditation. Yes, that, that, please that do. You, you put together. So thank you.
Yes. Thank you. This was an absolute blast and you are a true delight to be in conversation with Agatha. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Solopreneur. I hope you're getting some good information and some inspiration to help you grow your business. If you like what you've heard and you want the support of a business coach, come on over to agathabrewer.com and schedule a free consultation with me. In this call, we'll talk about your goals for your business and see if it makes sense for us to work together. My one-on-one coaching program is specifically built to help new entrepreneurs like you launch and grow a successful business. This program will help you get clarity on what you want to build, create a strategic plan of action, and identify and release any mindset blocks that are standing in your way. Because building a business shouldn't be so hard. And with my support, you'll reach your goals way faster than if you try to do it all alone. So I invite you to give yourself the gift of personalized support so you can build your dream business that allows you to live the life you want and make a bigger impact on the world.